What changes are necessary to make the Wilds power play and penalty unit better in 2022-2023? Plus, what might the Wild do to replace Jordan Greenway and John Merrill in the lineup until they are ready to come back from injury? We discuss that and more today on Locked on Wilds. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder... Locked on Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we discuss the power play and penalty kill units. We look at who the Wild might put into each grouping and what they can do to improve performances on both units for this coming season. We'll also take a look at some potential options for the Wild to fill the spots of Jordan Greenway and John Merrill until they are ready to return from injury. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams, guiding you through the offseason here at Lockdown Wild. I'm joined by regular contributor Zach Zeman. And Zach, we're talking special teams units today. It's no surprise. Those were uh, two glaring weaknesses for the Wild last year. The power play units struggled to score almost any time they had the man advantage. And the penalty kill struggled to stop people that uh, that had the man advantage. So obviously the Wild are going to need to improve both areas heading into this coming season. You know that emoji where the dude, the guy's like covering his eyes, but like is looking through his fingers. That was me. <laughs> that was literally me when when the penalty kill and power play took the ice. You know, it was clear last year. It was it was tough to watch. Um, there's definitely uh, there's going to need some changes. Um, there's a lot to work on. Um, and it's all about who can fit where and what can make what can work here coming this season. Um, a lot of improvement, yes. Yeah, and like you look at the things that happened, and this power play thing is not a new problem. Like two years ago, yeah. the Wild were on par to be the worst power play team in NHL history, like historically, <laughs> worse than the Tampa Bay Lightning, who went an entire season shooting six percent on the power play, uh, which is awful. But they have had stretches where things have looked good. It's just overall the power play has just struggled to score because I think a lot of players on the power play groupings, whether it be one or two, tend to pass too much. and not uh, You're looking for perfect opportunities to score as opposed to taking shots when shots are available. Yeah, I mean, you're on the ice for a reason on the power play. You're, you're, you're on a man advantage. You have to put the puck in the net. That's like the number one priority. Um, you know, and there was just a, those moments last year was just super up and super down. It was never consistent. There was never a time where it was like sustainable and was like, all right, now I feel comfortable that the wild power play is going to score some goals. So it's, you know, it's who's going to, who's going to fit those roles now, who's going to start to put the puck in the net. And, and, you know, I guess that's all what training camp is here for, um, you know, we're heading into training camp soon. So it's, 
you, you got to find those guys. Um, you got to make some different combinations. There's a couple couple of guys who were on the penalty kill and power play last year that are off the team now. Yep. And so it's like who can fill those positions and who's ready to come in and play. So let's um, let's start with the power play. Uh, we'll talk about the penalty kill in a bit because there was some historic futility with the penalty kill down the stretch. Um, you're going to want to be sitting down when I read off some of those numbers because uh, it was just awful. But power play wise, um, going courtesy of the daily faceoff as to what they have for combinations, uh, they are suggesting or have penciled in at this point that the wild power play first power play unit consists of Jules Eriksson-Eck, Marco Rossi, Matt Zuccarello, Jared Spurgeon, and Kirill Kaprizov. Do you like that grouping, or would you like to see a change made uh, to that that first power play well, unit? Well, the biggest thing I see here is Marco Rossi. I mean, I cannot imagine the team having trust in Marco Rossi to be on the first power play line yeah. without playing a single NHL. Well, you know, having like a solid, you know, couple couple games. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just throw them up there right away. You got to have some consistency to start the season. You got to go with your players who have been, you know, with these guys for a while. And to put Marco Rossi up there quick, it says a lot to your, you know, the teammates here. It's like, you're just going to throw this rookie up here, um, you know, and he does hardly any experience. I mean, I think taking Rossi off of there would be smart. Um, I, I like Eck and Zuccarello. I mean, they're both goal scorers. They know what they're doing. Eck yeah. just, Eck's just an, like a unintentional antagonizer. So I think he can do his work on the power play. And, you know, Kaprizov and Zuccarelli, you can't go wrong there. I mean, that those two are just insane together. I mean, yeah. it's it's shown over last year how, how well those play together, how, how well those two guys play together. So. so a couple things that I noticed last year, and I know they were doing this to try to kind of jog the power play unit, but I'm not a huge fan of doing the let's just use the starting line combo and just go with the Kaprizov line and the starting defense to try to make it seem like we're playing a normal game because the the Wilds were such a good team in five-on-five that I understand trying to replicate that in a power play situation, but it just didn't work out. So I'd like to see them go away from that. Um, I I agree fully on Rossi. Uh, Not to say that he can't be somebody that impacts that, that line at some point, but first full season in the NHL may be a little early to do that. So I would like to see him swapped with the guy that is mentioned as the second power play unit. And I understand you got to have some balance, but at the same time, what's the point of two power play lines if one of them can't score? Mm-hmm. So they have for the second power play unit, Marcus Foligno, Freddie Goudreau, Ryan Hartman, Matt Dumba, and Matt Boldy. I would flip Rossi and Boldy. Yes. I would put, because here's why. So then your first power play unit consists of Jewel Eriksson-Eck, who is the best player on the roster at just getting to in front of the net. Yes. So you've got players that can pepper shots at the net, and he can take rebounds and just tap them in. So Eck has got to be on that top power play unit. You got your best player on the roster and Kirill Kaprizov to quarterback it. You have his. You have the line mate that he's most comfortable with in Matt Zuccarello. You have a defenseman in Jared Spurgeon who's really good at stepping up in the play, and so often an offensively capable defenseman. But then putting another 
adept passer on that line in Boldy. You have Kaprizov with two guys that are going to have no problem getting him the puck and then a guy who can clean up the rebound if Kaprizov somehow is not able to score. Um, so that'd be the group that I would go for power play one. But I also, and I think Bill Guerin has done this this offseason, and I, I like that he has, I would encourage Kaprizov to shoot the puck every time he has it. Yeah, I mean, well, not even to discredit Boldy's lack, uh, or, or not lack, excuse me, Boldy's capability of finishing the uh, finishing the play as well. Mm-hmm. Boldy can shoot that dang thing. Yeah. So it's like, well, I mean, we've seen it ever, ever since he first got here. There's a lot of questions like, is Boldy is Boldy ready? Boldy is ready. I mean, he proved so much of it last year. Blew everyone's eyes out of the water. Like everyone's expectations were met um, or blown away. Um, so I think putting Boldy up there. I mean, well, Eck and Boldy. My goodness. I think. And then, and then uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello, those two. I mean, Boldy can just also, if if X not there in front of the net, Boldy can take that spot as well. Yeah. And then with Spurgeon at the, as the captain, the guy up top, totally fine because you got you got bigger bodies up there as well. So you don't need like your your biggest baddest defenseman on that line when you already have Eck and and Boldy up there. So let's not forget about their size either. Right. And if you can't score with that power play unit, you're not going to. Yeah. So I I would be perfectly comfortable with that as your top power play unit and then as the second unit you know I don't think I don't think that's one that the wild should concretely set the lineup like who's to say if Tyson Jost is playing really well that you don't get him some time on the second power play unit I think that unit should consist of the players outside of those top guys right that are playing the best and so you are using that second unit as kind of a, a change of pace, but it's all guys that are on heaters. I, I think the only person I'd pencil in on that second power play is Hartman because he's yes. got that. He, we, we just talked about this on our other episode is that he's got that ability to, to fend for himself and, and to put pucks in the back of the net when he needs to. I mean, well, he doesn't have Caprizov there or Zuccarello, so it's like, you know, it, let him let him shine for himself, and and let him get the opportunity to let the other guys on the power play, the second power play, shine. Mm-hmm. So it's like if he if he's if you know he has that ability and he's your first line guy, of course I'd put him on the second power play. It's almost crazy not to put your first liner on the second power play unit. Yeah, and so it's you know that's that's kind of where we're at with it right now, um, and hopefully it just leads to some more consistency. You know, you look at some of the top teams in the NHL. And it just seems like every time they get a man advantage, they capitalize on it. The Blues did against the Wild in the postseason. You saw the Florida Panthers, a big reason as to why they ended up getting eliminated in the playoffs is because they were like one of 31 on the power play. Yeah, And that's very wild-like. So um, hopefully, hopefully that gets ironed out. But that's just a suggestion as to how they can do it. Now, we'll discuss the penalty kill as well. And so we'll, uh, we'll shift our sights there as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week of games. BetOnline.net is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where 
the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure to check out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the National Hockey League. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let's talk penalty kill, and uh, I'm not super thrilled to do this because uh, penalty kill unit for the Wild was not good <laughs> Pitiful. last year. Like, if you look at the percentage, uh, Carolina Hurricanes were the top in the league at 88% uh, through 82 games, which is very impressive. Uh, the Minnesota Wild were 25th at 76.1, and if you look at the last, like, 40 games of the season, they were under 60% on the penalty kill, which is an atrocity. And there are a lot of reasons for why this is, but I think one of the biggest reasons is that the Wild just, they didn't really try to deny the opposing team access into the zone. Like they would just kind of let them freely come into the offensive zone tuck into their box around the net to try to stop opponents from scoring, but they weren't really trying to pressure opponents and force them to make decisions before they were ready to. They were just basically giving them free reign. Yeah, it felt like that blue line was vacant almost every time the opposing team was coming into the zone. It was kind of like, all right, let's voluntarily let you in here and let the play develop, and then hopefully we can get a puck out in front and dump it away. So it was kind of just like a lackadaisical – you make a mistake first kind of thing. So, yep. And then, you know, I, I mean, that is that is probably the number one spot in the entire wild that needs to improve. Like, yeah. that is the most crucial spot of the team that needs improvement. You know, you cannot, you cannot go into game one without a sound penalty kill or without a penalty kill you'll feel comfortable in at least – and and then and then you go from there. So after the first game, you can kind of see who's succeeding and who's not succeeding, um, and make changes there. But it should not be. Oh my gosh, I'm throwing four random guys out there. Hopefully yeah. it works. You know, you you got to find guys who are willing to step up the pressure, um, and 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 meet the team at the blue line and get the puck out of the zone. You cannot let these guys come in, um, and and just run the course on you. You can't. You cannot have the other power play succeed like that. You, it's just not. It's not ideal, um, especially like you can't leave your goalies dry. It's a new goalie situation. Mark Andre Fleury, you know he's he's a legend, but you can't let him guessing always. I mean, I, I remember last year um, the, when the Wild had back to back games against Chicago before Fleury was a member of the Minnesota Wild. How, how the Wild were just obliterating the Blackhawks in Chicago, and, yeah. and Fleury was just dancing around around the zone or uh, his goalie box. And, and it, you know, the Wild were putting pucks in the net. And Flurry, I remember just getting absolutely fed up with, with what he was dealing with. So, you listen, you cannot have a terrible power penalty kill in front of one of the best goalies to ever exist in the NHL. Correct. Or else something's going to go downhill fast. Yeah. If, so, you, you got to give your goalie some insurance. If you lose contain in front of the net, which is another huge problem, we saw this against the Blues, Ryan O'Reilly basically – he, I, I, if he, if the Wild would have allowed him more time in front of the net to just hang out, they should have charged him rent. Yeah, literally. Like literally, he was just sitting in front of the net at all times. It just felt like there, there was never a person who had the ability to shove away the opposition. Mm-hmm. And so, 
what I'm thinking is you got to get a big body on that penalty kill. There's yep. got to be someone, whether it's Felino or Greenway, or just one of the bigger guys on the team that has the ability to get the other, like Ryan O'Reilly, for instance, out of the way of your goalie. Because if that does not happen, they're going to put pucks in the back of the net and your goalies are going to be fed up and it's not going to be a fun time in the locker room. Yeah, like you can, and Flurry in many cases made the initial save. It's just O'Reilly was there to tap the rebound in because nobody was able no to one move was him there. away. No one was there to grab that rebound. So it's like, it's not Fleury's fault. Fleury got that initial save. That's the best he could have done. Mm-hmm. But the best our defense could have done is get that rebound out. And there was no one there for that. So you got to have a staple in that penalty kill. There's got to be, you, even if it's just one person here moving into game one, there's got to be one guy who's a pencil in and who has the ability to shake away the opposition. Uh, the daily face-off has Jewel Eriksson Marcus Foligno, Jonas Brodeen, and Matt Dumba on the top penalty kill unit. I don't, for the most part, have issue with that grouping because you've got two good defensive guys as forwards in Eriksson and Foligno. You also have your best pursuit defenseman in Jonas Brodeen. Matt Dumba, though. Well, he's got to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't keep Matt Dumba here throughout the years and not give him a role on one of these lines. So it's like once you get rid of – you traded Fiala, now you have you have Dumba for a reason. I mean, I've said this my entire time, but they they passed up on getting rid of Dumba in the expansion drafts. They've kept Dumba over the years. He, it's about time. I mean, I mean, if you if you have the will to do that as a team, he's got to he, – you got to have trust in him, um, you know, to be – a crucial teammate in these situations. So, I mean, I totally understand why that's in there. Um, I do like, like I said earlier, you got to have some bigger bodies. I love Eck and I love Felino there. Mm-hmm. They're just big and they can get, you know, I mean, the gas tank might not be there if they need it, but then you got to, you got to rely on PK number two. So it's, I mean, at least you have, you know, I wouldn't even mind putting Felino down on two and putting Greenway up. I mean, those are, you know, the grief line. Look, we're talking about X, Erickson Eck, Marcus Felino. And Jordan Greenway, the grief line is on combined on both lines. So yeah. it's you got you got interchangeable there and your interchangeability, if that's a word. Hopefully, that would be cool if it is. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. So you got you got you got a lot of movement there with them. That line is very crucial to the penalty kill. And like here's so this obviously has not been updated since the moves have been made by the Wild because they have Dmitry Kulikov on the second penalty kill unit. He's not. It's not with us anymore. Uh, He has gone to the Anaheim Ducks. The change that I would make, and, you know, I can understand wanting to keep the defensive pairs together um, in this case. So then I would put Jacob Middleton in one of these spots. And so you'd probably take Kulikov's spots. You have Spurgeon and Middleton on that second penalty kill pairing. But I do like the idea of, for your top penalty kill unit, having... Brodeen on there because if you have somebody like let's say you're playing Edmonton and you've got uh, McDavid on that top power play unit for Edmonton you can just have Brodeen track him down Brodeen has owned McDavid yeah he has like if you go and rewatch those last games last season oh my goodness Brodeen could not let McDavid move yeah it was insane to watch I remember watching that and just being like Kind of stunned, but, like, I should have expected it because Brodeen's that guy. Brodeen yeah. is just 
always there. He's kind of like the Eck, but on defense. He's just always there, and it's so agitating because he's such a good player. So it's, you know, if you, I mean, Middleton, I mean, Middleton's also a big body. If you get him down there, perfect. I mean, I would not mind Middleton on the second penalty kill. Yeah. I mean, it's all, all, all fun and games until something bad happens, and then we can revisit this in the regular season. But Correct. right now, it looks good. Yeah, and I, I like maybe for that second unit, because you've got Goudreau, who's not as big of a body as Erickson X, so maybe you compensate there yes. by having Middleton be the more... Absolutely. So I, I think that works. Um, I, I like those units, and you know the big thing is just going to be those guys staying healthy yeah. uh, to where they can be on those units for the entirety of the season. Yeah. But I think, I think those two foursomes, I think, will work, provided that the Wild tweak a couple of things that they're doing on the penalty kill. Um, be more aggressive in trying to force opponents to make decisions before they're ready. Um, and by doing so, you know, yeah. you give yourself an opportunity to get the stick on more pucks. Exactly. And, and what I'm going to bounce right off of that is that you can't just put all the big guys on one line or else you're not going to get any sticks on pucks. You're not going to get any aggressive forwards. Like I think Goudreau is a perfect spot here, um, you know, for, for PK2 is that like, you you have your bigger guys already off and they're they're catching water on the bench, but then you throw Goudreau out there and Goudreau can skate quick. He can get that stick on the puck, get it out of the zone and and regroup. And I think I think if there's anyone on the team that's willing to do that, it's Goudreau. And um, you just got to find the gritty players, the players who want to jump in front of pucks. That's such a big deal in the penalty kill. Um, and and you're just bigger guys who are just big in general and can eat those pucks. But it's all about you know, who can move fast here, um, a man down, and, and get in front of those. Could we put Gritty on the penalty kill? Do you think he would be able to uh, uh Yeah, no, that? I like him. He's also a big body. If we're talking about <laughs> put him in goal, you know. There we go. You could put Flurry on D, put Gritty in goal, and call it a day. Yeah, Fle- <laughs> I think Flurry could handle playing defense the way he moves. Um, That'd be interesting. <laughs> that'd be so funny. That'd be an interesting topic to dive into uh, <laughs> at some point. Um, but we'll we'll save that for another episode. That just did give me a brilliant idea. So um, we'll finish by talking about potential replacements. Obviously, it sounds like John Merrill and uh, Jordan Greenway are going to miss the beginning of the season. So we'll talk about potential players that could fill those spots to finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol and Zach Zeman hanging out, and uh, we'll finish today's episode talking about how to fill the spots of Jordan Greenway and John Merrill. Um, let's start with the defense because I think that's easier because the Wild have put themselves in a position with the depth that they have that it really is one name that's going to be able to... Um, fill that spot uh, with Merrill out. I mean, it's going to be Alex Goligoski playing one of those spots in that third line. Kalen Addison has, um, I think the writings on the wall that he is going to make the team as a third line defenseman. And so Goligoski and Addison pretty easy fill for that third line. Yeah. We know how much wild Twitter loves Kalen Addison. <laughs> and so to see him get a spot um, and to show his worth after several years, um, is definitely due. It's overdue. Yeah. And I think he can definitely fit in well. Um, I love Kalen Addison. I think he's an absolute stud. So I would totally not mind that at all. Um, and, you know, it gives the Wilds three pairings of one defense-oriented defenseman yeah. 
and one offense-oriented defenseman. Alex Goligoski is uh, somebody who can um, can give you solid defense. Addison at this point uh, is definitely more offense inclined, yes. but obviously has the potential and the chance to uh, to grow on defense as well. But I just I think then it's it takes some some pressure off of Kalen that he's not having to come in and be like a number two. Uh, second line guy, but um, I I think those pairings would work because with Goligoski last year started off the season great. Yeah. I think he kind of hit a wall to where then he just got tired and obviously putting Jordy Ben with anybody last year was a recipe for disaster. It's a tough luck, yeah. yeah. So I I think it just is a matter of him um, being seeing less minutes per game, keeping him fresh, and then. Once um once Merrill comes back, then maybe you move Goligoski into like a, a swap in role yep. to uh, to try to get him so he's not playing every game. Um and I think keeping him fresh, I think he'll definitely be a solid contributor to this decor. Yeah, and even if Addison doesn't get the nod right away, he's got guys to look up to this entire season. So it's you know, if if Addison listens to Brodeen and Dumba and Spurgeon, I mean, it can only grow from there. And those are some of the best, like, locked-in wild players they've ever had. Yeah. Like, those guys have not moved for a long time. You know, it's like, so, if Addison gets the mentorship, we can see a, a huge growth spurt, potentially, in his game. Let's uh, let's talk about how Greenway gets replaced in the lineup, because I think there are a couple of different ways that, uh, that they could go with this. I, I think we've narrowed in on maybe the most, probably the, the most popular choice, which I think would be Freddie Goudreau. Because he is more defense oriented, as we've discussed, and I think he would allow that line to stay the most similar to what its identity is, which is being an agitator and uh, trying to shut down the opponent's top offensive options. So I think that's probably the most popular route to yeah, go. Yeah, that's that's the most like consistent. Like, all right, if we have anyone, Goudreau can fill that spot. I, th- I said this. I think the last podcast we just recorded is that Goudreau has the capability of going up and down in the lineup without having like any problems. I feel like he's the most versatile guy on the team. Um, and to put him up there with with Felino and and uh, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, I mean. It's gonna be, it's gonna work out like right. that. You're gonna have some consistency. You're gonna find one player. There's not. It's not gonna be like random almost every game. There's gonna be someone who who Felino and Eck uh, can make look good and can help them. Another guy I'm interested though is Tyson Jost. Yeah, because because I feel like he can be like energetic and mm-hmm. like bring the offensive will in that line. And and that you know if X standing there, Jost can take the shot, and and the rest is history. So it's like as long as you get a guy who can shoot the puck nice and and can make plays like Jost can, I mean, that's also another great option. So him, Jost, and Goudreau are two very interesting um, guys who I can see hopping in and out of that line if Greenway stays out for a little bit for the beginning of the year. I mean, it's going to be interesting development. I think there's still a lot to discover with the preseason and stuff, but. As of right now, I would like to see those two in the in those in those spots. You know, another popular one that uh, I've seen on Twitter as well is Adam Beckman. Interesting. And Beckman nearly made the team last year after a sensational training camp. He just he seems like he's positioning himself to be somebody who is a solid bottom six contributor. You know, he 
he does have offensive upside to his game, but with Iowa, he's been working on trying to add more to the defense and the physicality. But the thing that he is starting to show that I like, he showed this in the Wilds prospect development camp, is that leadership. He He's showing that he is somebody that those young guys can yeah. can look up to and and watch him do his thing. And so maybe not this this season, but within the next couple of seasons, I do think Adam Beckman is going to make the team and is going to have a, a role on this team other than simply being somebody that comes in and spells on the fourth line. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Wild have that leader in Matt Dumba right now. You see those videos that are like Dumba going crazy in the locker room, getting everyone fired up just because he's like young and he's got that will, he's got the grit. Um, you know, you got to get guys on this team who have a leadership role, a presence. And so uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on for the next couple of years, of course. So those are the those are the biggest options now. Um, the Wild did recently sign Sam Steele, and he is a player that uh, that profiles more as a center. So didn't put him in here because with Greenway being a winger, I would rather him just be like the fourth line center for this team and and fill that role. If he plays well enough, maybe you elevate him. But um, I think signing a player who is a true center. Keep him at that spot. Don't complicate things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the spot the Wild have notoriously tried to fill over the last couple of years. To get Steele is just a nice little consistent piece. Um, you know, Steele, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of room to grow. Um, he was with the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, you can only get so good on that team for, with what the spot they were in the last couple of years. I think the Wild have just been um, a little better over the last couple of years. So now Steele has these guys to look off of and to, to ride with. Um, and the wild can just help him grow. Like I said earlier, if you have guys to look for up to, like like Addison does and Spurgeon, Goligoski, and 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 guys like that, Steele can do the same for for Felino, um, Greenway, and all those other guys that have been consistent for this team for a while. So again, some food for thought as we get closer to the season as to how the Wild can fill spots and get their special teams units back on par with what we would like to see. So that's going to conclude today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Uh, Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Now that your first listen is finished, head over to the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on all things NHL as we get closer to the start of the season. Lockdown NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, just like this show. Follow us on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Wild and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of the Minnesota Wild news throughout the rest of the offseason. Lockdown Wild is keeping you up to date with all things Minnesota Wild with new episodes all week long as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.